0: Kate Parker. This is Warming Signs, a podcast with the sound minds of science. Life in Lowndes County, Alabama is anything but glamorous. It's a rural community just south of the center of the state. People here aren't rich. The average household income is a little more than $30,000 a year. It's one of the poorest counties in the country. And the overwhelming majority of the people who live here, more than 70%, are people of color. Lowndes County has largely been left behind. Its population is shrinking while the U.S. population grows. The infant mortality rate is twice the national average. It seems climate change is the only thing that really thrives here. At New York City's Climate Week, I got a chance to catch up with Katherine Flowers to say that she specializes in one thing or another, would be a disservice to her. But the heart of her work is finding pathways out of poverty through sustainability. She calls Lowndes County home, so she's on the front lines of that community's battle to curb climate change. And it was so nice to speak with her again and catch up with her in New York, where she shared some of her war stories with me. Catherine, it's so good to see you again been a while
1: it has been a while likewise
0: (laughs) so I kind of want to get right to it and ask you what do people get wrong about climate change and low-income rural communities
1: I think first of all people don't see how it impacts low-income rural communities and uh, because the major media is not there they don't understand that those are frontline communities especially agriculture communities they've already seen it I mean they know when they're not getting the 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 kind of rainfall that they got before, either drought or it's too much. Mm-hmm. And then we saw uh, recently, you know, earlier this year, with all of the flooding that was taking place um, in the Midwest, and all that goes down, you know, downstream, and 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 eventually uh, other parts of the Mississippi will will flood as well. That that has been happening for years. But what we're what we've been seeing even more so are these the amount sometimes we get too much rain all at one time we send these rain bombs and and one of the things that that our rural communities have is that they're a little bit closer to the earth when you're not in a concrete jungle there are things that you can see far off you know from Mm -hmm. where you're located than if you're in a city surrounded by all these buildings (laughs) so I mean I've been in places where I could see where the rainfall was yeah and I wasn't raining Mm -hmm. where I was so, it's those kinds of things we get to see. We're also seeing um, the invasion of, um, of uh, plants, plant life that don't generally exist in, in, in the areas that are spreading there because it's becoming more arid. People are suffering from, in, in, with these tornadoes that we're having, you know, one of the worst tornadoes that occurred this year was in Lee County, Alabama. All right. And, and the people that, the death rate was very high because of people living in mobile homes. Yeah. And mo- people living in mobile homes tend to be people that don't in a lot of cases, or people don't have a lot of many choices. The young I understand the young woman that lost her baby during that storm uh, was renting. Yeah. So you know you have to think about when they have these kind of emergencies and when they have these kind of disasters, the people that would get the money are the people that own the mobile home, right. not the people that were living in the mobile home. So she not only would have to grapple with where she's going to live, uh, what her new address is going to be, but even the loss. So uh, people in those communities are suffering even more. And then when you add what I do in terms of wastewater and people have raw sewage on the ground, that's where you're probably more likely to see diseases emerging that you wouldn't normally see.
0: It, there's a whole host of problems and you're so right about that renter versus owner conundrum because whenever you are struggling to put food on the table for your family renter's insurance and things like that that's a that's a luxury yes. that's a luxury item at that point even yes. even if it may not seem like that much money on paper whenever you're trying to keep the power on it is a luxury item and it does leave a lot of people in these disasters kind of left out. Now I kind of want to dive into what you were saying about these diseases and the sewage because I know that this is a lot of what you focus on. How did you come to that though? Mm -hmm. What was your personal experience?
1: Well first of all I'm a native of Lowndes County and uh, and I'm old enough to have lived with an outhouse. So I know (laughs) what that's like. So I know when we went from the outhouse to the cesspools and then from the cesspools to the septic tanks and and when I moved back to the area I moved back with the intention I was a teacher. And I moved back with the intention of maybe doing some economic development because I had been away and I met a lot of people and I thought I could bring some resources uh, to the county. But I immediately found out that uh, there's uneven um, funding, uh, public funding of infrastructure in rural communities and especially poor rural communities. As a result, it's hard to do economic development if you don't have this infrastructure in place. Also, the government is set up to provide infrastructure for businesses and not necessarily infrastructure for families mm. and especially poor families. And without a tax base, it is very hard to have that. And and I um, found out that people at that time were being arrested because they could not afford on-site septic. And that's Wait, how they I were
0: being arrested? Oh
1: yes, they were being arrested. Because, because,
0: health, of, because they didn't have...
1: They didn't have the means to pay for... Because septic systems, and especially in a place like Lowndes County, and throughout many parts of the Black Belt, are very expensive, what the, the health department prescribes for people to get. They're raised beds. You have to bring in dirt... The, the, the premise is with these Wisconsin mounds, you bring in dirt and you put it on top of bad soil, if there's such a thing as bad soil. I don't think the soil is bad, the engineering is bad. Mm-hmm. So they would put in place these systems and and supposedly they were supposed to treat wastewater. And by the time it filtered through the so-called good soil, then the um, uh, the wastewater was no longer contaminated. And but what I found out as time went on is that a lot of those systems were failing. And and how I got to do the study when I had my own experience when I was bitten by mosquitoes, broke out, couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. When was uh, this? That that, uh, well, that was like um probably around two thousand and nine maybe around that time so
0: you got bit by a mosquito i got bit by
1: mosquitoes i was actually we had an agreement what had happened is that we had negotiated an agreement with the health department at that time the persons who were in charge then that there would be no more arrests um if a person was was reported for not having a septic system that we would try to work with that person to see if we could resolve the problem so i got a call from uh the person who was a regional that regional environmentalist asking me to go to the home of this woman who was pregnant. She was in her 20s. She had another child, her oldest child was autistic. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was living in a single white mobile home. Uh, her income wasn't that much, I'm sure, at that time. She, it was around 600 a month. Yeah. Um, and she was, um, she had, she was living on her mother's property. Her mother had a house there. And, but in her her property, just outside the back door was a pit full of raw sewage.
0: Oh, my
1: gosh. So, and it was in October. You know, that's where climate change comes in. It's in October, and it was teeming with mosquitoes. Oh, gosh! And I had on a dress. And when I went there, I, I didn't know what to expect, and the mosquitoes bit me on my leg, uh, legs. I, I didn't, you know, didn't think anything of it. And then finally I thought, well, let me go to my doctor and make sure uh, that nothing's wrong with me because my body started to break out in a rash, Hmm. you know, where the mosquitoes didn't bite me. They went, they did blood tests, everything came back negative. Hmm. And then she sent me to a dermatologist because the rash wouldn't go away. And the dermatologist, I had to see him several times. And uh, the last time I saw him, he said, if this doesn't work, I may have to use some type of ultraviolet light. He even did a biopsy. I have a scar on my ankle where he did a a biopsy to to try to figure out what this was. He couldn't. So I finally asked my—actually, she's a nurse practitioner, but she's just as good as a lot of doctors (laughs) I've gone to. So I asked her, I said, um, Is it possible that I could have something that they do not um, test for in the U.S.? And she said yes. So, a few years later, I read an op-ed piece in the New York Times that was written by Dr. Peter Hotez, who was the founding dean of the National School of Tropical Medicine at Baylor. And I Googled him, found his email address, wrote him and told him about my experience, met him. Um, we talked about the raw sewage problem, mm-hmm. and he said, I'm going to send my parasitologist there. We're going to collect samples and see what we can find. And, and that's what we did. Um, what did and they that, find? We found hookworm, we oh found uh, strongyloides and toxicaria. And these are names I had never heard before. No, I've never heard of these. But these are generally uh, diseases, uh, uh, tropical parasites that you would find in what's called underdeveloped or uh, third world nations. Oh, wow. And, and they're
0: finding them in Lowndes, <clears throat> sorry, in Lowndes County, Alabama.
1: They're finding them in Lowndes County, Alabama, and... And I'm hearing that there are other studies that are going on that we may be finding some of these tropical parasites in other states as well.
0: And this mother is pregnant and has an autistic child and mm-hmm. is this, living in a single wide trailer with that
1: mm-hmm. outback. Yes. And there are so many, but the other problem that we found since then is that there are also, cause we did a house to house survey mm-hmm. and we did the house to house survey of the county Uh, This was probably one of the first times that that was ever done. We went to find out who was on septic, who was not, who was on a well, and how many, uh, and whether or not they were having any problems with their system. We found out that most of the systems in the county were either failing septic systems uh, or, you know, non-existent. So we also found people that had raw sewage, on the ground and had septic systems, and some were part of decentralized systems of small towns that were not working. And we discovered that they were putting sewage lagoons next to communities. Actually, right now there is... uh, a move on the way in the town of Whitehall where they're getting ready to put a sewage lagoon next to an elementary school.
0: What? this is, And this is what's happening in our poor rural communities that exactly. people are unaware of. Because if you tried to put a sewage l- lagoon, you know, let's say Atlanta where I live now next to any school mm-hmm. there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a fit would be thrown. Yes. It a would f- not happen.
1: Exactly. And, and it, it'll be all over the media. But in a, in a rural community uh, where people are suffering from these kinds of decisions, and also uh, the government just feels like they have no power, yeah. and therefore you see things happening that wouldn't happen otherwise. But it will also increase asthma it would increase a whole lot of issues that are associated with that because it doesn't stay in the lagoon. No. I mean, and most of the people that are advocating for it wouldn't put it next to their property or next to a school that their children would go to. And
0: 2019 turning out to be one of the hottest years on record. Yes. And the summer especially has been brutal, in the southeast especially.
1: When I left home, it was 100 degrees. Yeah. And I've had one family contacted me, actually, I received a text message, she said my air conditioning went out, she lives in a single white mobile home, an older mobile home, and she said that it was so hot that they almost couldn't stay there. And what I've seen in the South, more so now than that I remember when I was growing up there, you see on a lot of these mobile homes, you see mold and mildew yeah and that's that's increasing or exacerbating respiratory problems i mean the the asthma rates that we were finding in kind county are extremely high then i'm finding people that are talking about developing respiratory problems later in life hmm. you know generally we thought that if you had a respiratory problem that it would occur when you were younger yeah and like i grew up with hay fever um, okay. i never had asthma fortunately my father had asthma but i don't i don't have asthma but I'm seeing some people developing it, you know, later in life. And and I think all these exposures that, there were, that we're getting now, the type of um, climate change that we see is going to exacerbate. They're not mentioning, not to mention with the ice caps melting and the diseases that have been frozen there for years that are going to be out here for us to be um Exposed to, we're not prepared.
0: No, we're not ready for the human health component. Yeah, we're not. What do you think? You know, paint me a picture. What does the future of Lowndes County, Alabama look like in a scenario where the temperatures continue to rise and they are not stopped?
1: We're going to have to change the way we build, and we're going to have to build homes that will be able to protect people from the heat. We need to have access to renewable energy because poor families are going to have higher power bills. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense that uh, you know a lot of the families. The one family that that contacted me about uh, their air conditioning going out. Just imagine their bills are going to go up if they're in homes that are substandard in the first place, not with, with not without proper insulation, and they're not built to withstand this type of heat then their power bills go up. It makes more sense for them to be in a home that's built with green standards mm-hmm. and also that they have access to solar. You know, Alabama has pretty much what has been termed a solar tax, where uh, and it's one of the highest in the nation, that if you use the grid to generate power, even if you're putting power back into the grid for the power companies to use, then you have to pay. If for each kilowatt hour, yeah, oh for gosh. each kilowatt hour that of power that you generate in a state that has sunshine most of the time, it makes absolutely no sense. So, I I, I think that although families are suffering in those areas, it could also become a model for how we uh, adapt and how we produce more sustainable housing. How do we produce housing? that can last, I mean, I've, I've had the opportunity over the past year to visit Europe, and I've seen homes there, houses there that are built 1,000 years ago, <laughs> you know, and the houses that we build here may last 20 or 30, and then you gotta start all over again and pretty much rebuild it from the inside out. We have to find a different way of doing things, and I think rural communities could be a model for the solution, but right now, I think rural communities are, are, are exemplary of, of, the, of the problem, And also people there on the front lines of the problems associated with climate change.
0: So painting a picture of, you know, environment where we halt our greenhouse gas emissions and we see kind of a stabilization of our, you know, climate change or global warming. Um, Is that? What you see in your head as like a positive future and a positive outcome that Lowndes County becomes this, you know, example of what we can do to adapt and live better and help those that need it?
1: Yeah, I think so because uh, a lot of people that have left Lowndes County have done extremely well. I found out that we have one person who just passed away uh, who was who engineered a lot of a lot of uh, defense systems for the Department of Defense. You know, with few resources came out of a poor school system and did extremely well. Uh, Another person who helped to engineer a device to help propel the space shuttle came from Lowndes County. These are people much younger than me. Hmm. So I feel like if we were to get the local people engaged in developing solutions that we not just in Lowndes County but throughout rural America cuz there's a type of ingenuity that exists in rural America that doesn't exist anywhere else. I mean here you don't have to think about in place like New York or Atlanta you don't have to think about how you're going to get around. It's a lot of it is already prepared already decided by the government when you're out in the rural community you got to figure that stuff out and there's some ingenuity that goes along with that when you can't run to the grocery store every day because it's not on the corner um that I think is part and parcel of us finding the solutions to how we mitigate and and build sustainability in, in a in a world that's getting warmer and 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 the way we've done it in the past is just simply not going to continue to work
0: Thank you so much for sitting down with me for a few minutes to talk about what's going on there. I think that we we might have some other stories to work on in the future. Well, thank you. I'm feeling. looking
1: forward to it.
0: Do you enjoy being a part of the Warming Signs family? Well, let me know. Tweet at me, at WeatherKate. And hey, it wouldn't hurt if you wanted to, you know, like, subscribe and rate to this podcast so that I can keep making episodes. That would be pretty fantastic. A huge thank you to the producers who work with me on this and, of course, to Catherine Flowers, who I just adore and look up to so much, for taking the time with me on this episode. Until next time.